What is going on, PCC? We are so glad that you guys are here with us. I was on a couple of weeks ago if you were attending that service, but if you weren't, my name is Tanner. I'm the worship coordinator at our at our Powhatan campus, and I'm here with a good friend of mine, Becca Easterling. Becca, what do you do around here? I am the music director, which means I have a hand in uh, planning and facilitating worship at all of our campuses, and I'm the student band director, so I have a lot of fun hanging out with some teenagers who make awesome music. And those are two really important things around here because at PCC, we really care about our music. We care about the message that it sends, and we care about that you guys are enjoying getting to worship with us and connecting with God, and we really care about our students. And with that in mind, last time we were here, we talked about two events that we had. One of them was our student mission trip, which was incredible, and the other one was our 45-hour student live stream, which if you go to our PCC students page, you can find right now because it happened this past weekend. A few of us were here not getting much sleep but getting the chance to put out some really, really fun content, and you can see it anytime you want to. But those are campus-wide events, and today we wanted to focus on a couple more campus-specific things. Becca, what do we have coming up at some of our campuses? Something that, as the music director, I am so excited about when we have our nights of worship, and we have two coming up. They're actually in the same week. We have a night of worship coming up on Wednesday, July 21st at our Farmville campus, and then we have one coming up that very same Friday at our Midlothian campus on July 23rd. We would encourage you to come, no matter what campus you're a part of, if you're a part of the online campus and you are within driving distance to one of those locations, we would encourage you to come experience this uh, worship time. We're going to experience uh, some awesome music, maybe a message or a devotional, and we're also going to be celebrating the opening of our Midlothian campus building. Yes, and that is awesome. Of course, we love to celebrate that. And in case you missed it, there are two really important things about worship nights that you may not know. One of them is it's not just coming and singing music all in a row. We really focus on trying to make it an experience that allows people to authentically connect with God. And that's for our dream team members. That's for people who you know regularly attend. We really want to give you guys an opportunity to do that. And another awesome thing about it is it's an awesome chance for us to really be one church in multiple locations. So like I said, I, I'm actually at home here at Powhatan, but on Wednesday the 21st, I'll be a part of the Farmville band. I believe Becca will yep, be as well. Too. So if you are close to Farmville, you can have a chance to come out and worship with us together in one room and with Amanda, who's our Farmville worship coordinator. And that's just really cool. And of course, if you haven't been to the Midlow building, we're really excited about that. That was a big cornerstone mm -hmm. of our more initiative that we had and it's open it's been years in the making and we're so stoked that we get to be there we've been there a couple weeks now and we really want you guys to have a chance to see that so come and join us there becca i kind of forgot where i was going to go next i think we might have been getting ready to talk about baptism baptism yes please tell them about the baptisms so nights of worship are awesome student events are awesome we do a lot of really really exciting things uh, that are important to the people that uh, get to be a part of them, but there is nothing greater here at church than baptism because it's where we gather as the church community to celebrate the people who are making the decision to follow Jesus and go public with that decision. So if you come to a baptism at PCC, I just want to warn you, you <laughs> will not leave with dry clothes because we all hug and uh, love on the people who are making these decisions and celebrate them. And we have uh, one upcoming, actually it's today, it's at our ALIT campus. So shout out to ALIT, we're celebrating with you guys today. And uh, last week we had one at our Riverside campus at a beautiful location out on the river. It was beautiful, it was amazing. And uh, if you have any questions about baptism or would like to talk about being baptized, you can find out all the details on our website. And uh, we would love to be a part of talking with you about that decision. Absolutely. 
And if you've been around here for a while at PCC, you know that we generally do church-wide baptisms. We have been doing them twice a year. That historically was our pattern. But we've kind of shifted to doing more campus-specific baptisms. So that's why you hear us say we have one at, at ALIT. We had one at Palatine a few weeks ago. And so if you're close to one of those, we normally have them right after a church service. Find out where the closest campus is to you, what time their services are, and you should come and hang out. Just Even if you just come for the baptism, of course we would encourage you to attend church with us because we would love to see you face-to-face. But you should definitely come hang out at a baptism because it's like an experience that that you just won't ever forget. And yes, you probably will get wet. You know, anywhere yeah. you are, even if you're not near the actual baptism, afterwards, the hugs, you're just everywhere is the splash zone, yeah. basically. And so we talked about the Midlow building being part of the Moore Initiative, which is something that we've been doing for two years to try and really look where God is sending our church and focus our resources and our time there. So one of those projects, aside from the Lothian building, was a PCC worship album. And as the music director, Becca has had a really big hand in that. So I wanted to give her an opportunity to tell you guys what's going on with that. Yeah, so two years ago uh, when our senior pastor, Brian Hughes, challenged us to create this album, we already had a little bit of momentum built around songwriting and this idea that some of our worship coordinators and uh, members of our worship teams have a real heart for telling the story of who Jesus is, telling the stories of what he's done in their lives and in the lives of people around them. And so we put pen to paper and started writing. And uh, it's been a long process. There were, you know, I would say about 30 songs. They're not all going to be on the album. They weren't (laughs) all that great. Uh, But we picked our best 12, and we are actually in the studio right now as we speak. Uh, We're in the thick of that process, recording and laying down all the tracks and the vocals and the instruments. And uh, Tanner's actually a big part of this album. He is uh, one of our strongest drummers. He's he's really awesome. He raised the bar really high, went in the (laughs) studio first, and uh, absolutely killed it. And... uh, We're in the middle of that process, and we're so, so excited to share these songs with you, to share the collection of stories that we have to tell, and uh, we can't wait for you to be able to have this album. So be on the lookout for that sometime coming close to next year, maybe in the fall. We hope you guys will check that out. And before we get into church today, Becca, would you give us a quick prayer? Yeah, let's pray. God, we thank you today. We thank you for who you are, for the ways that you're working in our lives and in our church We thank you that we have this platform this morning uh, or wherever we are, whenever we're watching this, God, we're grateful that we can gather and we can worship you through the power of technology. We're able to connect and uh, really be community and be church together. So we thank you for that this morning. I pray that you would help us to hear and receive uh, the message that Pastor Vernon is going to bring for us today. Help us to engage fully in worship and uh, see more of who you are as we worship together. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, Becca and I are actually going to be worshiping with y'all in just a few moments, so we'll see you in there. PCC began as a small group with a big idea 18 years ago. That big idea, it turns out, was smaller than what God had in mind. Today, PCC is one church with multiple locations, but our singular focus has never changed. We reach people who don't go to church. And though today's dramatically different world has challenged us to adjust our methods, we have never wavered in our commitment to let the light of Jesus Christ shine through everything we do. We are focused on one mission. We strive to be authentic in all relationships, accepting of all people, excellent in every effort, and generous with our lives. We strive to follow Jesus with our whole lives in every area of our lives, 
and we worship him with joy regardless of whatever's happening around us. We help those in need. We walk alongside those who are hurting. We challenge each other to know God and discover purpose, to get real, to make a difference, and to be the change. And we do it all with the defining characteristic that is in our very name, passion. Regardless of the circumstances we face, we are committed to be faithful followers of Jesus. So today, you'll be a part of an experience that reflects what we believe, that God is worthy of our worship and praise and our attention and our energy and all that we have. So let's do it. Let's connect with God and with each other. Let's experience God's presence in a powerful way. And let's carry today's experience every day until we come back again next week. Welcome to church. What is going on? You guys picked a great day to be at church. Wherever you are, we are glad you are here. So we invite you to sing along with us as we shout out our praise to a great God. Come on. all anxiety let it rise let praise arise we sing your name in the dark and it changes everything we sing with all we are and we claim your victory let it rise let praise arise We praise you, we praise you This is what living looks like 
looks like this is what freedom feels like this is what heaven sounds like we praise you we praise you this is what living looks like this is what freedom feels like this is what heaven sounds like we praise you come on y'all sing that out this is what living looks like this is what freedom feels like this is what heaven sounds like we
Thank you for welcoming us with open arms. Thank you for saving us. We love you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Well, I'm Brian Hughes. I'm the senior pastor here, and I'm so excited that you decided to join us for church today where we kick off a new series that I'll tell you about in just a few minutes. But if today is your first day, if you've not been here before, or maybe you've just been here once or twice and you've never filled out a welcome card, let me invite you to do that. Listen, we're not going to camp out on your lawn or call you a thousand times. What we're going to do is thank you for coming. And more importantly, we're going to tell you how you can find out more so that you can connect here in a way that is meaningful for you, that we can help meet you where you are in your journey. We're never going to hijack your journey. It's your journey. We're just going to help you along the way. Hey, listen, lots of exciting things are happening this summer at our church. And I want you to find out about all of it because there's something there that fits you. You can find out about that on our website. You can find out on our app. 
You know, we started an initiative two years ago. We called it the More Initiative, where we felt like we heard and saw a vision from God about what he wanted to do over the course of the next two years at our church. And I wanted to give you a very special update. These pictures so, uh, show several of our PCC musicians in a recording studio working on an album of 12 original songs. These songs are personal to us. They're, they're from the hearts of our people reflecting what God is doing in their lives and in our community, and we are so excited to share them with you. We've got plans to release this album this coming fall, but you don't have to wait until then to get a taste of it. We're going to share one of those songs with you in just a minute. It's a good song. It's, it's our song. It, it points us towards God, and it fits with an amazing message you're going to hear today. But it also provides tangible evidence of how you are helping accomplish the vision that God gave to all of us for the MORE initiative. You see, at the end of it, the MORE initiative included lots of things, lots of actual things, like an album of cool music and, and a building that has a cool atmosphere. But at the end of it all, the MORE initiative was never about those things, at least not at the end. The MORE initiative was about changing people's lives, helping connect them with God in a real and tangible way. And when you give here, that's exactly what you make happen. There's no other thing you can give to, no other organization that will have a more lasting impact. So let me encourage you, let me invite you to give here today. And for those of you who already are, thank you for doing that. Thank you for trusting us and investing here because it really matters. Let me ask you to join me in prayer right now. God, thank you for entrusting us with wealth and material things. Thank you for reminding us today that that trust is not just for our pleasure, but also to make the world a better place. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to do that today. We give, God, acknowledging that you already own it all, and we're just blessed to have access to some of it. Use these gifts today to change the world. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. I find my peace in you. I find my peace in you. And though the chaos calls me, your voice cuts through to call me. When I find that I can't do this by myself, you remind me that there is nobody else. You don't leave me the way that I'm used to. You are the one that I turn to when I can't hold on, when I feel let down. I can't do this by myself. You are the one that I turn to. I know I find my peace in you I find my peace in you And though the chaos calls me Your voice cuts through to call me I find my peace in you I find my peace in you And though the chaos calls me Your voice cuts through to call me when I find that I can't do it by myself You remind me that there is nobody else You don't leave me the way that I'm used to You are the one that I turn to When I can't hold on When I feel let down I can't do this by myself You are the one that I turn to I know Let's go. 
to call me hey, yeah. and though I'm sinking when you call me out I have no fear cause you won't let me drown no and though I'm sinking when you call me out I have no fear cause you won't let me drown Peace in you. Though the chaos calls me, your voice cuts through to call me. I find my peace in you. I find my peace in you. Well, I want to tell you about two things, the first of which is we're kicking off a brand new series today, a series called Words to Live By, and it's, it's based on the idea that Scripture has in it these gems that we hang on to that contain truth that's not just for us, but for us to live completely out in our lives. These are things that we ought to commit to memory. We ought to know better because God can help us navigate all of the things that we have to work through in our lives if we will know them, if we will study them, if we will commit them, not just to memory, but also to live. This series will be powerful. I hope you won't miss a week of it. And it launches today. It launches today with someone really special and important to me and who's become special and important to our church. Six years ago this month, a young, 20-something, gifted pastor launched a brand new church. His name was Vernon Gordon. And that church would quickly become one of the fastest-growing churches in the country. Fast forward to today, I like to remind Vernon that he's not 20-something anymore, but he still has a really potent ministry. More than that, for me personally, he's become a really important friend He's helped me see the world in a different, in a better, in a more complete way and changed some things that God wanted to do inside of me. The effect of that has been pervasive even in our church. This is not his first time here, and every time he's here, we are moved because of it. So I'm asking you to give a warm PCC welcome today to my friend, Pastor Vernon Gordon. What's going on, PCC family? Man, I am so excited to be with you here once 
again. If we're meeting for the first time, again, my name is Vernon Gordon, and I'm telling you right now, we are family. On the other side of Richmond, there are some people who call y'all family. Y'all are the ones who help us grow. Y'all have poured into us, and we want you to know we love you deeply, and we're excited to serve the kingdom of God alongside you. And I'm letting you know right now, your pastors are two of the most amazing people this side of heaven. Can you join me in celebrating Pastor Brian and his lovely wife, Susan, who are just amazing investors in this generation, my generation of leader. We are better because of their care and their voice in our Life. And I also want to reconcile one of the statements that Pastor Brian said in the introduction. He mentioned that I'm not in my 20s anymore, but I just want to suggest to you that I am looking like him because this biceps thing that he's doing, I'm working on getting there. And I just want you to know that he has intimidated me a little bit, but I'm on the journey towards looking a little bit more like him. Besides the hair part, I'm going to keep mine. Hey, look, we are so excited to be here today to worship together. And as we begin to think about uh, this conversation, this brand new series, we're going to be talking about this idea of words to live by. You know, there are all of these phrases that show up in our world today. And maybe many of them we don't even give thought to. For example, like when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Some of you maybe have said that before. We say, and they'll be happily ever after. I mean, this stuff is great. Even one we might say is all's well that ends well. And maybe we've never given thought to the intricacies or even the origins of those statements, but they all show up in our daily lives. And as we begin to think about this series, we begin to think, what are some of the words to live by, not in culture, but in scripture and in the Bible, there are some words that we can live by and some phrases that maybe we've heard, maybe even said, but we want to root our lives in. And it's with this in mind that I want to take us to a very familiar passage of scripture to many of us probably, which is found in Psalm 46, verse 10 through 11. It reads like this. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And then it goes on to say this part, because sometimes we love to be still and know that I'm God part, but I love what he says here at the end. And the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I want to preach from this thought today. If you're a note taker, I hope that you are. If you had to put a title down for our conversation today, it is simply this, behind the scenes, staying strong in still seasons, staying strong in still seasons. You know, one of my really, really good friends uh, is an actor, and he had a major accomplishment a couple years ago. I mean, we'd seen him on some Disney movies and we had seen him on some, you know, some things that you probably have never heard of before. You know, he was working his way through the industry. But there was a pivotal point in his life in 2019 where he got the opportunity to perform and act on Broadway. He invited all of his friends and family to come check him out. And it was my first time going to a Broadway show. And so I show up, I'm excited, I'm giddy, I'm in New York, and he has this series of shows that he is doing. Well, the first time I went to the show, I was able to watch as an audience member, just as somebody taking it all in. And it was phenomenal. It was great. And I just enjoyed the experience. But then, 
had the opportunity to go back to New York another time. And he said, you want to come to the show again? I said, absolutely. He said, hey, this time, if you want, you can hang out with me backstage. And as I began to watch the show from a different vantage point, I began to see all of these moving parts. I mean, when the curtain closed, things were getting moved in place. There were things getting tripped over. There were things getting shoved in a corner. There were things moving down. There were things moving up. And all of this stuff is happening. And what looked like chaos behind the scenes, when I was watching from a different vantage point just weeks earlier, looked like a beautiful display, something well pieced and put together. And I begin to think about that in all of our lives when we think about our journeys and maybe even our experiences with the world around us. Sometimes it can seem like things are not moving in the right direction. Sometimes it can feel like, how am I supposed to be still when there's chaos and confusion and challenges and conversations and busyness and pace and all of these different things happening, not only around me, but to me and even in me. I wonder if anybody ever been there before where it feels like it's just a lot happening in you. It's within this thought that I begin to wrestle with this idea of what does it mean to trust God behind the scenes? What does it look like to say, God, I don't know what's happening, but I do know that you are moving something around, that you're moving things up and you're moving things down, that you're shoving things this way and you're moving things this way so that when my life is presented, when my life comes out on the other scene or the other chapter, I know that you are still working behind the scenes. Now, in order for this to happen, in order for us to trust God as the director of our lives, working behind the scenes, let's all be honest, in order for that to happen, it means that we must not only trust God, but we have to know God. And as we begin to think about this idea of knowing God. Maybe you are like me. I grew up in church and I knew about God, but it wasn't until I got a little older that I started to know God. You know, it's crazy because we live in this culture where to know something is just to find knowledge about it. And so we learn by doing. And so we go to work to do and we go to school to do. And all of this doing makes us think we've actually known something. But some of us can probably testify to this truth that it doesn't matter how much we do. It doesn't matter how much we go. It doesn't matter how much we run. It doesn't matter how much knowledge we gain. There is a big difference between knowing about something and knowing something, maybe even going a step further, it's a difference between knowing about someone and knowing someone. I wonder if anybody ever been there before, and, and if I could just talk to you guys for a second, and you're like, man, you had heard about somebody, and people told you like they were mean, or people told you they were a little crazy, or people told you like, hey, you got to watch out for them, and then you met them, and you were like, I kind of like them. They're my type of people. And all the things you had heard about them were inconsistent with what you felt when you got to know them. Could I suggest to you today that the very same thing can happen in our faith? That we can grow up in church, we can come to church, we can give our lives to Christ, we can be serving on teams, and we can know so much about God and yet sometimes miss the beauty of getting to know and in order to know God, it requires a couple very critical things. It requires time 
and experience. Time, time, time. Like, in order to know God well, the question I would ask for you today is, what kind of time have you spent with God? In your devotional life, in your prayer life, in fasting? Has there been intentionality around the time we spend with God so that we can truly know God? But not only time, but experience is a curator of our understanding of the character of God. Don't miss it. I mean, I mean, when I have gone through life, there were some moments where a song didn't do it for me, a sermon didn't do it for me. But when I went through certain experiences, I had to leave that season. I had to leave that chapter. Here it is. I had to leave that scene and say, man, only God could have changed that. Only God could have worked behind the scenes to reconcile that. Only God could have brought me out of that. Only God could have made it this far. Only God could have done it. And that experience allowed me to know God even the more. And here's what I've come to find out. When I give God time and I get to know him with intimacy and intentionality, and when I go through life's experiences where it seems like the show of my life is just in chaos and discombobulated, but yet he's working behind the scenes. When I've learned to see him in my experiences and in my time, here's what I've come to find out. The more I know God, here it is, the less I try to be God in my own life. Let me say it again because I want you to hear me. The more I know God, the less I try to be God in my own life. I know this is none of you all's issue. I'm just preaching to me and about five other people. But for the six of us who might wrestle with this control thing in life, maybe we know that there are some moments and places in our life where we try to step into God's shoes for our own journey. God, I can figure that out. God, I can do that. God, I'm, I'm intellectual enough. God, I have enough degrees. God, I have enough background. God, I have enough network. God, I have enough resources. God, I'll be God for me. And the truth of the matter is, the more I know God, the less I try to be God in my life. The more I know God's love for me, the more I know God's will for me, the more I know God's plans for me, I release the control of my life and I say, Lord, my way, your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. I make up in my mind that I will lean not to my own understanding, but in all my ways I will acknowledge him and I let him lead me and guide me. And I say, I know him well enough now to say, God, you be God in my life. I'm not going to try to be God in my life. And the truth of the matter is, as we go through these journeys of time and experience, as we grow to know God, we not only know God by name, we know him by character. We grow to know God not only by name, but by character. Now, here's the reason why this takes time and experience. And, and I'll tell you this in the form of a story. I remember recently, many of you may, may know that I've been here before and I've talked about my, my medical history and I was a former cancer patient. And, uh, and recently, I uh, went to the doctor because I was having some challenges with my leg and I was having some issues with my back. And I said, I need to go see my surgeon. I need to go see my surgeon because maybe something needs to be done about this. And so I go to the hospital I've always went to. I go to the place I've always gone for years, over a decade, two decades now, actually. And I said, hey, I'm here to see my surgeon. And when I was on the phone, they said, hey, uh, unfortunately, he's retired. 
I said, excuse me? He said, yeah, yeah, your surgeon retired, um, so you're going to have to meet with somebody else. And so reluctantly, uh, I said, okay, okay. And so I show up to the appointment, and I begin to engage in a conversation with this surgeon I've never met before. After two decades of surgeries with the same individual, and and as he began to tell me his plan, as he began to tell me his ideas, as he began to tell me his suggestions and recommendations, he, he began to see on my face the insecurity. I believe he began to see on my face the, the lack of confidence in his plan of action, in his approach. And he asked me a question. He said, Mr. Gordon, don't you trust me? I looked back at him. And with all the faith and spirituality I had, I said, absolutely not. I said, I don't even know you. And it was at that point that our conversation broke through and he said, I'm, I'm sorry. Let's get to know each other first. Let, let, let me introduce myself. Because here's what I learned in that conversation. I was about to trust this individual to do something that could truly change the trajectory of my life, the trajectory of my children, the trajectory of my family. I mean, this is a major potential operation. I just can't casually trust. I have to know you. I wonder today how many of us, if we be honest, the reason we really don't trust God, we really don't know God like we should. We haven't spent enough time. We haven't had enough experiences that we haven't leaned in. And I want to encourage you today, wherever you are, to lean into the voice and the presence of God. Get to know God because the more you know him, the more you'll trust him. The more you know him, you know he'll never leave you nor forsake you. The more you know him, you know he'll show up and he'll never fail you. The more you know him, you'll know the word when it says he'll never see the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. You will come to find that he can be trusted. You come to find that he can be reliable on. You come to find that even if you're new to faith, even if this is the beginning of your journey, I promise you, you will find that God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. And I've come to find that the character of God will never, will keep you where the voice of God leads you. The character of God will keep you where the voice of God leads you. Now, let me pause for a second here and tell you why this is vitally important. Because when we read Psalm 46, we need to understand the context. Here is David writing the psalm, and once again, he's saying, okay, God says to him, be still and know I'm God, but the context is they're in warfare. They're in a season of turbulence. They're in a season of uncertainty. They're in a season where the attacks around them and the pressure is mounting and they have to now respond somehow, some way, and God, in God-like fashion, doesn't say exactly what they probably expect him to say. He says, here's what I want you to do. I know the pressure is mounting. I know it's difficult. I know it's a challenge around you. I know it's coming from all sides. Here it is. Be still. And know that I'm God. As I begin to read scripture, I came to find that this wasn't the only place where stillness was the suggested remedy for a high-pressure situation. 
In the book of Exodus chapter 14, I want you to see this. I want you to see this. There's another moment where the people that God is honoring, he encourages them into stillness. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 14, it says this in the NIV version, the Lord will fight for you. This is right when they're on the cusp of the Red Sea. I mean, they're stuck between Pharaoh's army and trying to get through this impossible situation. He says, you need only to be still. I mean... Here it is in the Amplified Version. The Lord will fight for you while you only need to keep silent and remain calm. Here it is in the New Living Translation. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Now, look, I've been married for 10 years this August. I've been married for 10 years this August, y'all. Let me tell you something. My wife is petrified of dogs. Hear me, people of God. She is petrified. Uh, uh, and now there's a couple dogs that we've been able to ease her into. And my kids now, we are in a, a, a collaboration. We're in Kahoot. And we are trying to convince her to get us a dog. But here is what's so important to understand. Whenever my wife goes out somewhere and she sees a dog, the last thing I say to her is stay still. Because that is not the way for my house to have peace. I've tried it, y'all. Hear me. Zoom in. I've tried it. I said, babe, don't run when the dog is coming. And what does she do? Takes off. Because she is afraid. And telling her to be still, this doesn't sound like the most logical option. And here it is in these passages of Scripture. It amazes me that these people, both in Psalm 46 and in Exodus 14, they're dealing with a situation that requires them to respond quickly. There is a dire situation in front of them. I mean, what are we going to do? It's, the, it's, it's pressure on every side. There's attack coming. There's stress. There's strain. There's difficulty. There's dysfunction. There's confusion. There's chaos. What in the world are we going to do? And God says, I got it. He's still. And as I begin to wrestle with this, as I begin to look into this, I came to find that we must understand theologically, being still is not always the same as just staying still. Hear my heart. Being still is not the same as just staying still. When you study it, People of Israel still had to walk through the Red Sea. They moved. They just had to be patient. They just had to wait for God to do it his way. Studying Psalm and David, we see all the time, like, he didn't tell the people not to go anywhere. He didn't tell the people not to do anything. They didn't they did not fight the battles. But, but stillness wasn't the act of staying put. Stillness was the act of them, watch this, calming down something else. Could it be that the thing that runs the fastest in our life and the things that is the most chaotic is not our bodies, but our hearts, our minds, our spirit? I mean, can we all be honest? Like the thing that runs the fastest in my life is my thoughts. I just can't seem to catch up to them sometimes. And could it be that God is not simply saying that stillness is for you not to be on the move. Could it be that sometimes the stillness that we need is a stillness of the heart, mind, and spirit? God is saying that when you know who I am, when you know my character, 
you'll find that my ways for you, my will for you, my love for you will allow you to say, I can rest in the season. I can rest in the scene. I can rest in the storm. I can rest in the struggle. I can rest in all that is happening around me, in me, because I know that God is working behind the scenes. So when he tells me to be still, it doesn't mean I don't have to show up to work the next day. It just means I'm showing up with a stillness of heart. It doesn't mean I don't have to return to the marital conversation. It just means when I step into it, I'm stealing my spirit. God is not telling you to stop moving. He's telling you to move with the knowledge that who he is is right there with you. And that's what he says in Psalm 46. He said, the Lord will be with us as we go into this battle. Lord will be with us. I begin to think about this idea of being still. It's not simply standing still. Begin to think about recently I was at the store with my son. And, uh, and, and my children are seven and five now. I don't know if anybody's ever been here before. But something about this age where it's like they don't ever run out of energy. Like, I don't know how this works, but, but, but they don't do nap time anymore. And so now it's like from the moment they wake up to the time they go to sleep, they have energy. I'm like, don't you want to rest? Don't you want to take a minute? Don't you want to stop asking questions? Don't you want to stop asking for things? Don't you want to stop running around? And they just seem to have all the energy in the world. And recently we were at the store, and my son was just touching stuff. I know it's never happened to y'all kids. I'm just talking about my children. They were just touching stuff. And everything they touched, they wanted. And I just kept saying, stop, no, no, stop, stop, no, no, stop. That's how I felt like I looked walking down the aisles. Stop, no, no, stop. And then finally I just told myself, I said, son, stay still. I turned around. And I proceeded to walk down the aisle. And I walked around the aisle. And I looked up. And a few moments later I said, where in the world is my son? And frantically, knowing the consequence that my wife would have, that's what I was worried about first, for losing my son. I said, where, where is he? He's five. Oh, my God, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? And I showed up. He was standing in the same spot. That I, told him to. I said, son, what are you doing? Why didn't you follow daddy? He said, you told me to stay still. I said, son, what I really meant was follow me. And he said, well, that's not what you said. <laughs> and he heard this idea of stillness as don't move at all. Not trust me enough to follow me where I'm leading you. This is how I see God calling all of us today, saying, hey, there's a still season that you may be in, but, but stillness doesn't mean that you just stay in the same situation, same struggle. Stillness doesn't mean you just stay put. Stillness means just follow my voice, follow my lead, and trust that in heart, and trust that in mind that the character of God is not leading you to a place where he won't keep you. He's with you. He loves you. He's going to guide you to the promise. This is just a mind that, that, that really quickly, I want to just suggest three things you must consider when being still. Three things you must consider when being still. Here's the first one. Consider your pace. 
God might be telling us to slow down in a season. God might be asking us to evaluate how fast we're running or what we're even running to. God might be asking to, to, for us to just consider the rhythms of our life. But I want you to be encouraged today that you can trust that even if God is not moving you, here it is, at the pace that you desire, God is still with you. When he says be still, you can trust that even, as my grandmother would say, he may not show up when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. Sometimes God is dealing with our pace. So be still. and Know he's God. It's okay to slow down. It's okay to not try to accomplish everything right now. It's okay to not be in front every season. It's okay to just let God work behind the scenes and allow God's pace to lead you towards God's promise. Here's the second thing I think we must consider, though, when it comes to being still, and that is perspective. Consider your perspective. I don't know about you guys, but in a season where I'm expecting God to do something and it seems like just like in Exodus and in Psalm 46, like all the weight of the world is on my shoulders. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? What am I going to do? How am I going to do? I have found that my vision gets obstructed. That I start to look at everything going on and I start to create my own assessment and my own inventory and my own audit of what we need to do and how to solve it and how to fix it and how to move it forward. And I become God instead of letting God be God. Because my vision, my perspective has been compromised. And sometimes God just wants us to step back long enough to say, hey, I want you to walk by faith and not by I want you to trust my perspective on the situation. You know, I began to see this play out in my life recently. I went to an event for one of our members, and I'll tell you this story really quickly, and I only got one more point, but it was interesting. I'm one of those people who I don't like traffic. I don't know if anybody's like me, but traffic to me has been created not by God, but by the adversary. And, uh, and so I will do anything to avoid traffic. When we go on family trips, I'm the person who says, let's leave at 3 a.m., right? They're like, everybody is asleep. I don't care. That's the point. Nobody will be on the road. I want to leave in the middle of the night so we don't have to hit any traffic. And recently, I went to a member's event, and it was a formal event. So I came out dressed in my best to impress. And so here I am. I've come to this event, but I parked strategically because I wanted to be able to get out so that I could avoid traffic. As the event is coming towards an end, Pastor Brian, I began to see them winding down on the itinerary. And so I snuck out the door just a little bit early because I didn't want to get stuck in the traffic. And as I got in my car and I cut it on and I put my foot on the gas, it rocked, but it didn't go anywhere. Rocked, didn't go anywhere. And wouldn't you know it, I was stuck in the mud. Now, It was at this point that several other people began to come out of the building, probably with the same idea as me. I want to beat this traffic. And so they came out and they're like, hey, man, looks like you're stuck. We'll help you out. And and despite all our best efforts, we could not get the truck out of the mud. We pushed it. It didn't move. We floored it. It didn't move. We put it in reverse. It didn't move. And we tried everything we knew to try. It was still 
stuff. It was at this point that the six or seven of us who had tried everything we knew to do, uh, uh, we sat there and we looked at what looked like an impossible situation. And then there's this older gentleman comes walking out of the building. He looks over at us and says, hey, what y'all doing? I said, sir, I'm so sorry, but my truck is stuck in the mud, and we've tried everything that we know to do. It just won't get out. And he says to us, he says, you ain't going to never get it out like that. And he told us, he said, you two, you two, you two, go get those two pieces of wood over there and bring those pieces of wood back over here. And we took the wood, and he said, now place them behind both of the back tires. And we said, okay, and then now what? And he said, no, 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 stick them down as deep as you can. We said, yes, sir, yes, sir. And then we begin to floor it a little bit. He said, no, 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 don't give it too much. Just, just, just kind of put And as I began to put my foot on the gas, I started to feel the truck moving up over the mud. I began to feel the truck moving up over the circumstance. I began to feel the truck moving up over the situation that seemed like I could never get out. And once I got out over the mud, I jumped out of the car. I said, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. And he looked back at me. He said, son, you were never stuck. You just didn't know how to get out. Can I help 20 people today understand something today that could it be that you feel like the writer of Psalm? Could it be that you feel like you're like the people in the, in the book of Exodus? You feel like, man, we're in a situation where we are stuck. We're in a situation where we don't know what we're going to do. And God is screaming back at you, be still and know that I'm God. Could it be what God is saying to you when he says, be still and know that I'm God? He said, you're not as stuck as you think you are. You just don't know how to get out. But when you trust my character, when you trust my heart for you, when you trust my will for you, you're going to find that I can always move you from where you are to where you're going. But you got to trust me. Be still and know that I'm God. I have a way. Let me work behind the scenes. Here's the last thing. Your pace, your perspective, and your peace. I want you to understand today that God's desire for you is that you would have peace. Not because your situations are always perfect, but because the Lord is with you. And that's what I love about the end of Psalm 46. You know, for all my life, I read this passage, and I will always quote, be still and know that I'm God. I never read verse 11. He said, because I'm with you. My peace doesn't come from the fact that I haven't figured out. It just comes from the fact that I know he's with me. My peace doesn't come from the fact that it's an ideal situation or circumstance or season. It's just that he's with me. It doesn't mean I don't feel stuck sometimes. I just know that he's with me. And I want to encourage you today to pull on the peace of God for your life. To know that he's with you. To know that he hasn't left you. To know that he still deeply cares for you. And that his character is consistent. That when he says, be still. He says, trust me and know me, that he will never fail you. God is working behind the scenes. I went to that show, first Broadway show. There was so much going on that I didn't see the first time around. And what I thought was just a pristine presentation. What I thought was just the end of the show, what I thought was the end of the journey behind the scenes, there was a director at work making things better, making things work, fixing things that it fell over, putting things back together again. Even though 
I didn't know who it was, even though I didn't shake their hand. We trusted that behind the scenes things were being put together for the good. I want to let you know something today. God is working behind the scenes in your life. You might not have all the answers. You might not even know the next step. But know that God is there. And his encouragement to each and every one of us today is be still. And just know that he's God. If I can, I just want to pray for you. Lord, we thank you now for being a God that works in our still seasons. We may not always understand what it means to be still, but we trust that even in our confusion, you're right there with us. We might not always know the next step to take, but we're confident that your character remains the same. Lord God, help us to pace ourselves. Help us to have the right perspective and help us to find peace in knowing that you are at work in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And we all say it again. Be still. 
I know God, the less I try to be God. That if we'll be still and know that He is God and allow God to play His part in our lives, the most important thing in our lives, the life will go better for us. And we'll control our pace and our perspective. We'll have peace. Finally, we'll have peace. Pastor Vernon's teaching today is so powerful. I know it was for me. I hope, I'm sure it was for you. And we've gone deeper in this. In fact, I, I did an interview with Pastor Vernon just for today, a follow-up where we, where we took these concepts that he taught and we went a little farther in some of them. You'll definitely want to check that out. You can get there on our website. Also, uh, some of our team did an exercise in being still, which is something that's hard for me and I know it's hard for you too. You will definitely want to check out this short exercise. It will help you you can go to the PCC channel on our YouTube page. So go to YouTube, the PCC channel, and from there, search for Be Still. And you will find this exercise, and it will be powerful. I'm sure it will be for you as it was for me. I hope that you'll come back for the second week in this series. It's going to be powerful. Every week of this series is going to be powerful. You don't have to miss a single one. So come next week, bring a friend, and we'll see you then.